Hey, I'm Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're Friends Stream Sports. We're real friends who talk about real sports in real time. And uh, Connor, I really want to say Suns in four. That's how I want to start tonight's conversation. The sun's out and the fun is out, Rutledge. That is so true. What a what a great night. What a great series for the Suns as they set on the Nuggets and uh, definitely saw. We're going to talk about Joker later, but he did not have one of his highlights in game four, for sure. No, but tonight, I think, to sort of follow up on the playoffs, uh, we need to definitely play a good matchup. What are you feeling for tonight? I kind of want to be the Houston Rockets. I kind of want to be the Boston Celtics, or do I want to be... What team is Kyrie on in this game? That's what I really want to do. I believe Kyrie might be, I don't know, he might not even be in this game because I didn't see him on Brooklyn, I didn't see him on Boston. No. But uh, we have seen Kyrie on the training table. Very unfortunate with him going down, don't you think? It really is. I actually want to break down. I did a poll on my Facebook today. For all our viewers out there, Connor and I put out polls at least once a week, and I want to share those results as we get into the NBA. I am going to be, if you're going to be the Rockets, I'm going to be the Hawks. The Hawkets? The Hawkets. We're just playing 2K at this point. It's no story, no anything. But we're going to go to Houston where every athlete tried to leave this year. And at least James Harden succeeded. J.J. Watt succeeded. Speaking Which of is leaving, a real shame because Houston's a fun city. A lot of it, good food. You know, Houston's a big area. You don't ever think about it. But that's like... That's the new kind of one of those spots in America that I call the swell, where the population just kind of hits it and swells. It's crazy oh, yeah. to see it happening in Houston. Well, For Connor, sure. let's leave the United States in our conversation first and talk about the beautiful game and get started with uh, some soccer talk. The Euro tournament's going on. You know, there that are groups A through F. It's going to be a little wild out there, but uh, what sort of point scorage and stuff have you seen that you can share with all of our listeners? Yeah, so as as we work through, and we just finished the first round of games today, uh, remember, it's, it's one of those soccer tournaments, so the, uh, the group stage, you play sort of a round-robin type tournament. In Group A, Italy is leading the way with three points. Uh, very, they started us off with a big win, very excited for the Italians followed by Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey in last place. Uh, in Group B, you've got Belgium uh, leading the way with three points based off of gold differential because Finland also won their game versus Denmark, uh, which definitely want to keep Christian Eriksen in our thoughts and prayers, make sure you know we're obviously wishing for a very speedy recovery as there's a real scary sight in Copenhagen for that match. Uh, group C, Austria is leading the way versus uh, followed by Netherlands. Netherlands had a real uh, doozy of a match, uh, a three to two victory in their opening round match. So not what you would have expected out of a pretty strong Dutch side uh, for sure. Followed by Group D, which has Czech Republic with three points, England with three points, Czech Republic leading on goal differential. Uh, Croatia with zero, and Scotland not just fourth place with zero points, but also fourth place in terms of uh, being the 
being the first uh, first of many not top 10 plays, which we can discuss here momentarily as we continue our rundown here. Group E, Slovakia has three points. Spain has one points as they drew with Sweden. Poland has zero points. And then Group F, which finished their first round matches today. Portugal leading the way with their 3-0 win over uh, Hungary, followed by France with a 1-0 win over Germany. So a lot to discuss, a lot to break down, but wanted to at least give a little breakdown of how the first round of matches ended up. Did any game surprise you in the first round? You know, I think that in the first round, I was hoping for more of a, something for more of a firecracker kind of game from uh, Croatia and England. You know, uh, the follow-up from the World Cup semifinal, Croatia getting second place in the semifinal. Croatia still has a ton of good players. Uh, they've just kind of notoriously not been great at the Euros. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch North Macedonia uh, score their first goal, although they ended up losing to you know a pretty strong Austrian side. Um, you know, I think as of now, uh, we are we are still pretty kind of in what we would have expected. Uh, Rutledge, the one thing to uh, be aware of in this tournament is uh, there are a lot of tournaments that have um, there are a lot of tournaments that have you know in your group stage play you just have the top two teams advance out of the four, but this due to how they run the knockout stage, four groups will have three teams advance. So it's really, really important. I think you, know, you could definitely see a lot more draws in the Euros uh, just because you're fighting. You know, in a lot of ways, a draw is a win. Uh, you know, you could be, uh, if you're a Hungary, right? I guess Hungary, they have a very tall task to uh, be able to make it out. But a team like a Sweden, a team like a Ukraine, or, uh, you know, that could definitely be a third place team they could really be fighting for a draw at some point and be really happy with that. I mean, aren't all teams hungry for a win? You know, when I was in fourth grade, Rutledge, I made a bomb joke about uh, being hungry for some greasy turkey because we were talking about countries in that region. I guess, you know, not in the United States. It was not as appreciated for the fine art of a joke that it was. That's a pretty good joke. You did not laugh at my joke as my team calls the timeout for me. But, no, definitely really excited about uh, the Euros. And as, as things continue, you know, I'm definitely watching Group F. That is for sure a really, a really important group. Um, you know, I think Belgium has a lot of really good players. I think that uh, – and I said this before a couple weeks ago when it was just me. Do not sleep on the Italians. Do not sleep on the Italians. Rutledge, who is your sleeper and who are your favorites? Um, I really, I think a good, not sleeper, but someone I want to see do well and I think can do well is England. Um, I think some fan favorites are, of course, going to be France and Portugal, but that's that Group F. My favorite group is Group F. Um, I just think they're going to go, that's going to be the group you're going to watch. I wish they weren't in the same group together, but every tournament does have its group of death. Um, I am... Not surprised to see Ukraine with zero points. And I, Belgium, I'm going to call as a sleeper because they're always kind of in the mix. You ever notice it like in the international side, they're never, 
they're never the fan favorite. They're never someone that you count as a washout loss team, but they're kind of in there. So yep. I'm going to call out Belgium a little bit and see what they can do. And this is sort of the end of their, quote, golden generation. That's one of the things in soccer on the, on the national team level. You'll, you'll see folks say this is a golden generation. There's a lot of folks in America that will say this is the American golden generation with Pulisic and McKinney uh, and, and Tyler Adams and Gio Reyna. So this is kind of the end of that era for the Belgians. Uh, they still have Eden Hazard, although it seemed like he was not super interested in playing for Real Madrid. Maybe he's interested in playing for Belgium. Uh, but you know who is very interested in playing for their country, Rutledge, that made a great, scored one of the most beautiful free kicks I've seen in a long time. That's Argentina there and the Copa America. Uh, have you been getting to watch any of that at all? I have been following it. And I will tell you, before y'all we just break down the sports, there was a whole lot of political backlash to where some people didn't even want to play. Messi thought about opting out. Um Everything got settled, but Copa America is a little different this year as they're not allowing teams outside of the South Africa region where before um, you they may South have done America. That. South America. Dang. Dang, that's Rutledge's first mispronunciation of the night. Connor soundbite. Um, but as that goes, the South America team. So I, I'm excited to see they're playing. I think it's great for the athletes to kind of get together. And, you know, for some countries, COVID is still a very large deal while here – at least where I am in the United States, we're very much starting to normalize very fast. So um, it was good to see at least that people are still taking COVID serious. Uh, it settled out. All the right people handled it, but it was huge. No doubt. Just like that big time three-pointer for sure. That was a solid uh, there, are, there are a few American or MLS players in the Copa America. Shout out to Joseph Martinez for Venezuela. Shout out to Orlando City's Pedro Galese, El Pulpo, uh, representing Peru. And, man, I'm just getting excited for Gold Cup. I know that's not the largest tournament uh, there in terms of popularity, but I want to see how our how our boys in the red, white, and blue are going to be able to do in the Gold Cup. Really want to see what they can bring to the table. You know, it's all kind of all eyes on them right now. I think this, like you said, we're in kind of a golden age. But what can that team produce? Because I really think they they kind of remind me of the 2010. They're a little better than I think the 2010 World Cup team, but that team had so much hype around it, so I want to see what this one can do. You know what, Rutledge? There is a lot of hype surrounding this American squad, and there's also a lot of hype as it relates to just the NBA in general. There definitely is a lot of hype in the NBA, and the Suns knocked out... The Suns um, knocked their way through, just like that one fan proclaimed Suns in four. Did you see that fight? That was awesome. That was – I saw last night um, Devin Booker, right? Yes, Devin Booker. Thank you. I didn't want to ding. Devin Booker basically came out on Twitter last night and showed the picture of him holding up his hands, like saying Suns in four, and he just said, need his contact information. So I really hope that guy and Devin Booker get to link up, especially since the Suns took it in four. Yeah, uh, you know, def you know, you wish that Jamal Murray, uh, you wish for his health, and you obviously wish that uh, he was playing. The Nuggets would have probably been able to, uh, you know, have a stronger series against the uh, against the um, against the Suns, but I'm just very impressed with Chris Paul. I thought that he was going to get kind of banged up a little bit, 
within the series. And he did not, and the Suns rolled, and now Chris Paul gets to rest, which that's a very scary proposition for whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket. It's going to be crazy to see with that and see Chris Paul and the Suns. I like this Suns. We always have liked this Suns team on French Stream Sports, but now they're, to me, they're living a little further. That's right, foul. To me, they're living a little further past their, um, they're a little past their ceiling of, I didn't expect them to take a series and clean sweep it. That was that was definitely definitely impressive. Um, so, another team that is playing past their ceiling, Rutledge would love to hear some of your thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks. I've made this a series against Philly. The I think this is now. I said this earlier in our show in one of our previous episodes. I really, when we did our full NBA breakdown during the winter, I like this Hawks team. Um, uh, Trey Young. Clint Capella, they had a coaching change which really straightened them out. I like this Hawks team. I think I didn't think they would be starting to sort of really hang in there. I'm going to pull a famous Connor Bourne quote and say Joel Embiid is more hurt than he is letting on. I think that's a big impact for what's going on with Philly. He doesn't look as good. But this Hawks team, man, they are uh, they're moving and they're grooving and they're hanging in there and the 76ers through the regular season looked very unbeatable and they just looked, you know, not like the Nets machine where it's like, Oh, we're a machine, but they just looked so good um, to where they were a solid, okay, this team's good. They're going to go deep in the playoffs and the Hawks are not doing that. Not letting that happen. That, that'd be a lot of fun to watch the Hawks get to the Eastern conference finals because if they get to the Eastern conference finals, there's a lot of roadblocks clearing out in that other series. Yeah, there is. So, of course, we know that Kyrie is hurt. James Harden is hurt. Uh, Brooklyn was built and signed. That's wide open. Brooklyn was built and signed for this big three, and uh, it's a big whoops. I need to pull up the Facebook poll that I took, but it was a dominating. People feel like the Bucks are going to win the series. And I told you, Connor, I don't have a reason. I don't know why. I didn't cause any injuries, but I did say... Uh, Bucks and seven, and I'm standing on that. You know, with with this iteration of the Brooklyn Nets, I, I noticed a stat uh, after Brooklyn took Game Three that 86 to 83, just kind of abomination of a basketball game, and it was that Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie, in essence, scored half of their team's points. If you think about that, two guys scored half of their team's points and the other seven guys that played matched the offensive output of two. And that you that that just can't happen, right? Especially with James Harden hurt. It's not like you've got slouches. You know, you've got you've got uh, Blake Griffin that is definitely able to you know make some noise. And I think that there is a lot of uh, a lot of questions surrounding this Brooklyn Nets team, and especially now Steve Nash is has his back against the wall and has to be very careful about his next steps if he wants to help navigate his team through this series. Definitely, definitely huge. I have two things to say before I say them. I want to give a huge shout-out to Daniel Mogg. Daniel Mogg is back tonight. Uh, he's in there. He's dropped his things in the chats. He's given us a view. What up, Daniel? It's good to see you. It's been a minute. Um, here's some things I want to share with you, though, is that if you have 
those two players putting up their points, why don't we just change their names to Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? Because if that's how your team is going in the playoffs, you're not going to make it anywhere. Of all of my Facebook followers that I had, 75% picked the Bucks to take this series now. That is a huge shift in people's confidence. So, And yet again, definitely makes the East uh, a lot more wide open, that's for sure. Uh, as as the Eastern Conference, you know, is kind of where we're on the Bucks world and, and living in it. Yeah. But but who knows? Maybe maybe Kyrie comes back and is able to to do some tape and some ice and some stem and, and be able to play well. Maybe Kevin Durant channels inner Superman and you know or inner Captain America, and he's able to really make an impact in the rest of this series. Uh, that is just out otherworldly, but maybe not. And maybe Brooklyn goes home early, and we're looking at this team as a big example of what might have been. Here's a big example of what is going on: is the Clippers won last night, 118 to 104 on the Jazz. Connor, what is this series? Because it doesn't seem. It feels like week to week. I want to change my opinion on this series because the perception of the whole thing just keeps changing. The perception of the Clippers just keeps changing nearly every day. Uh, one one day they're dead. The next day, you know, they're winning all the road games against the Dallas Mavericks. This is a really odd team. You would have thought that the, the idea of bringing in the new coach was to be able to uh, kind of work out the chemistry pieces, you know, um, uh, bringing, although, you know, bringing in Rondo, that doesn't exactly help your chemistry, but he's a veteran guy, tons of veterans on that roster. You know, Marcus Morris, kind of an interesting cat. But, yeah, I, I think that the other piece to consider is, as we've talked about before, when, you, when Utah and the Clippers get together, it's kind of like Utah is really good at guard and down low with their bigs. And the Clippers are really, really good you know, they're the best in the – probably the best left in the playoffs in total out on the wing. So it's it's kind of a fun matchup in terms of style and being able to um, being able to see how all that works out. So it should be a really fun series through the end of it. And I think that uh, we could definitely see – we could see this one go in seven for sure, but just in a really weird way. I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's a series that you say, oh, this is what this series is about, or this is what the series is about. But both of these teams, the Clippers more than the Jazz, have been so many question marks but win games that now you just don't know what what to do with any of them. So um, overall, I'm excited, though. Like I'm, in, I'm enjoying this conference semifinal, semifinals round. This is so exciting playoff basketball. Just like Clint Capella didn't quite know what to do with Did, that shot there at the very end. He didn't know what to do. It wasn't a rebound, so therefore he didn't know how to respond. If it was a rebound, it would have been great, because that's what Clint Capella does. Was we get that in, is what he does. This is our fast show this evening, so we have quickly approached and hit halftime hot takes. I want to let you know, Bucks, Nets, uh, they tip off today at 8.30. Don't leave our show to watch that. Stay with us. We'll be done. You can get in there when that action sort of settles down. But Connor and I this evening are going to start talking about baseball. We've come to the point in the summer, and Connor, to me, you don't really, you as a baseball fan, of course, you follow it.
but baseball doesn't really start to prime until we start to crawl closer and closer towards the all-star break and teams sort of start to settle down and see what they can do in june so with that for halftime hot takes tonight i want to talk about who is your way too early world series based off all the baseball that we've had so far based off of all the baseball that we've had so far i'm going i think that the uh tampa bay rays will be facing off against the la dodgers for the world series so east coast west coast let's get let's get it on halftime hot take rutledge what do you think let's get it on you know i think that is a very good halftime hot take connor i like it it's very realistic it feels good and that feels like that's going to happen i feel like we'll be talking about this world series as we crawl towards it and get into october i'm going to give you what i think is a plausible and very cool world series how much do you like white castle portillo's and deep dish pizza so much what i mean if i you... like what well, i like portillo's and deep dish pizza what if you got to eat all of that for every game of the World Series because you were home? Ah, uh, well, we, that would be so. You're calling you're calling for the Chicago series. I'm calling for a Chicago series. The White Sox are very much leading the way and very ranked high in a lot of power rankings. The Cubs are a middle power ranking team and still hanging in their division. They have some work to do, but I think that both teams, they heat at the right time. The White Sox are very hot right now. Could both make a solid run towards the World Series. So I'm calling Chicago series. Wow, Chicago series. That'll be a lot of fun to see how this the rest of this baseball season shapes up for sure. And as as news breaks, and I think you know we're not ready to share yet, but we got some fun stuff coming down the pipe for halftime hot takes, don't we, Rutledge? We are we are really heating up here in halftime hot takes. Um, we're not going to Chicago. That's not what this whole spoil is about. But know that halftime hot takes is growing, so we're excited. But it's time to get into the third quarter. It's time to talk about baseball so before we get into just doing some overall baseball takes i want to give you some division leaders and uh go over some stuff so in the al we have the rays leading the east the white Sox leading the central like i said oakland is leading the west um in the eastern in the national league in the east the mets are leading the cubs lead the central so pardon my take they're still but they've it's a tight race and the giants are leading the west with the dodgers still very much in contention so that's kind of the breakdowns um of of all the divisions for me the big question mark is is where will the dodgers go because they still look great even though they don't lead their division connor what's a question mark you're kind of watching this season you know my big question mark is i was i, I was thinking baseball what's interesting is who fades right who fades who comes on hot um baseball is very much kind of like basketball and that there's kind of multiple seasons right you know you've got uh it's it's the great teams are have it on all year long but there's still definitely there's a playoff team out there that is outside of playoff contention right now and there's probably a non-playoff team that's in playoff contention right now so um you know i think that as much as i would love to be i would love to see the white Sox in that world series I still think they're pretty young. I think that um, I think that uh, Tony Larusa, although a great manager, uh, you know, maybe for from that management position, might not be the best manager in 2021. 
uh, you know, as from his kind of spat with uh, his catcher for an unwritten verbal rule of baseball when he swung at three zero pitch. Rylage, you never swing at three zero pitches. And, no, I'm uh, at three zero pitch. Never swing at three zero. And you know, but that's what he wanted to do. So um, it's it's been a lot of fun to see baseball sort of embrace its stars and kind of go away from some of those unwritten rules. But there's just a lot to uh, a lot to take in there. But I'm just kind of interested as on the whole to see who's going to be fading, who's be making those late season pushes, and kind of going from there. Uh, what, what are what are some of the big macro stuff you're looking for? I'm really watching the NL West. So. This is the standings of the NL West. That you have the Giants for leading the division, the Dodgers are one game out, and the Padres are um, four games out from the lead in the division. And kudos to the Padres from being a franchise that was kind of forgotten. I love their new uniforms. I love their swag, and they added the yellow. Um, but they're, you know, they got some right lineup. They got some good pieces, and they're trying to make it in there. So. Um, I'm watching that division overall. I will give a homer shout-out to my Atlanta Braves, which are a little disappointing. They're not doing as well as, an, as I anticipated. I also want to see what big moves, who adds what pieces during free agent trades. Um, you know, who gets that good closer, who maybe puts a hitter in their lineup. This season feels like you have a lot of teams that are right sort of on top of each other, and if they move the right piece off of one of these tanking teams, then they're going to really turn the corner. Um, we had we were all over James Harden, and he ran down the lane. Like there was just no like one James there. Harden turned the corner on your defense? Just like he completely... Video game James Harden is way better than real-life James Harden. I said That's it true. I, I said it and I meant it. That's so true. You know, I think, Rutledge, you, you're talking about the NL West, and I think that, I mean, the NL West is loaded uh, from the from the NL perspective, you know, with with the Dodgers and the Giants um, and the Padres, a.k.a. the Fathers at Petco Park. James Harden's hungry. He's getting cereal. Um, you know, and the – what I – in terms of divisions that I, I'm definitely wanting to um, – wanting to make sure that we're keeping an eye on, right, it's – I'm very surprised with how the AL East is shaping up. I think the AL East – is still very, very strong at the top. The Orioles might not be the team that they used to be, uh, but but between the Rays, the Red Sox, and I can never count the Yankees out just because, you know, their payroll kind of, you know, almost matches the GDP of some countries. Um, you know, you, you can never count the Yankees out. So there's still a ton of good baseball left to be played. I see that's where I'm very much onto this. The Yankees are nine games back from the Rays. They're 33 and 32. They have Giancarlo Stanton. They have Aaron Judge. Like they have this payroll. They have this money. But something has happened to where that franchise is not producing. They would be in the they would be in the bottom of the division. Except Baltimore is already 22 and 43. I'm a little frustrated with this Yankee team. I will go out there and say we have our friends Carmen and Gabe. They have their show Dude Thoughts. I did predict a Yankees-Braves World Series that just felt really good this year and was very plausible. And I, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't have an answer, and I wish I did. I'm sure there are excuses as to why, but besides the Rays being good, they the Yankee and the 
Red Sox are good this year. The Yankees should be doing way better than what they are. So shame on them. Shame, shame on the Yanks. And that's no, that that's kind of my point though, right? Is you've got you've got guys who've done it before. You've got a manager who's done it before. You've got very talented players. I just I kind of think talent ultimately figures it out. And the Yankees over time have always been really good at being able to add what they needed to do at the trade deadline. The Yankees need to add a pitcher. They can definitely do that. Um, The Yankees are always in win-now mode. So, off-topic question. Who knows if it'll happen? Do you think Fernando Tatis Jr. comes off the pot that the Yankees buy him off of their team and buy him off the Padres and put him on the Yankees? Do you ever see that happening? He's he's got like what he's like the three hundred million dollar man. Yeah, he's he's Tatis. expensive, but as it goes, if you, you think it, that. if you think it a, uh, the reason I bring this up is Giancarlo Stanton was not as great of a player in Miami. He was good. Don't get me wrong, Giancarlo Stanton is good. Um, but then of course the Yankees bought him up, and they do that. There's, um, Teixeira in the Braves is another one that comes back up. So do you think he could be the next? star in a city and then becomes a Yankee. My understanding with Tatis is that he always like, he likes being in San Diego. There's some guys uh, like John Carlos Stanton, um, like Aaron judge that kind of are more sort of New York guys. Yeah. My understanding is Tatis really does like, uh, does like, like San Diego. So could the Yankees pull out enough money to, you know, make it to where Fernando Tatis Jr. could buy a whole block of houses in San Diego. Yeah, they could do that. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I, I think we'll see where things go. I mean, you know, the, the big piece for sports in general that is kind of interesting is seeing how salary – and I know baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but they do have some mechanisms, right? But there's so many teams that can't spend money this year like they used to because they didn't have fans last year and the the amount of lost revenue due to COVID was substantial. Yeah, baseball, it's it's interesting how it's so much different than other sports with its salary. But I'm excited for us to deep dive into this MLB season for all of our listeners out there and our podcast people. Thank you for coming out. Tuesday night, Twitch, 8 o'clock. Thank you to our live viewers, for everyone else. Follow us, subscribe us. Um, We're going to break down a lot of baseball this summer, Connor. I'm excited. We're gonna are we gonna start doing team of the week? Do you want to start doing team of the week? We should start doing team of the week. That sounds good. Should we start making polls on Facebook about team of the week? We should poll which team of the week should be our team of the week for the team of the week. That's not a five second violation. Let's talk about team of the week. Team of the week. Okay, but that- now it's time to go and get into some of our friend stream shenanigans. We like to have a little bit of fun on this show. So, Connor, we're going to play a game tonight. Do you know what game we're going to play? We're going to play Find the Quarter. I found it. We're going to play uh, Hunter or Gatherer. <laughs> Definitely at this one, uh, I am being hunted. As the score is t- 40 to 27. We're going to play Would what are we You playing? Rather. We're going to play Would You Rather tonight. 
off-season NFL edition. There's been a couple moves. The draft has happened. There's been some stuff that's happened in the NFL that we kind of want. That was nice. Good job, Hunter. We kind of want to talk about it. So basically, it's going to be we're both going to get our own takes. Uh, I'm going to give a topic. Then Connor's going to give a topic, and we're going to discuss for those listening live and like Daniel Mogg. Uh, drop something in the comments for us and give us your own response and answer. We, uh, we'd love to have people participate. Our listener, uh, Crowhe TV, uh, he called out our favorite movies for sports So last week. All right, Connor, here's the first one. This season, the New England Patriots have two quarterbacks on their roster. Would you rather, on week one, start Cam Newton or Mac Jones? I would rather start I would rather start Cam Newton, but I think that's just because there hasn't been much good news about Mac Jones uh, in his first few practices. He seemed to have really struggled, so I would definitely rather go with go with Cam, go with Superman. I would also go with Cam Newton. I think that uh, I think last year humbled him a little bit. I think all that talk about Mac Jones being the kid from that play six from that NFL play sixty commercial really chucked him, and I want to see how he does in his second year for how they coach him. How does Josh McDaniel handle him? I don't know if you remember that he tried to high five him, and Cam Newton was just like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." So I want to see how do they get better. So I'd start Newton. That was a good. Would you rather? How Let's go such... to our next one. What's our next one? Uh, Rutledge. I like this one. Would you rather? Defend Julio Jones in Tennessee, or or have to block J.J. Watt. Arizona J.J. Watt, right? Arizona J.J. Watt, yes. Uh, we okay. I'm gonna go. I would rather block J.J. Watt because if I'm gonna block J.J. Watt, I have a feeling like I'm gonna have some help. I'm 5'11", like a buck 80. I'm not too fast, but I'm not that tall. I would not want to be assigned to cover Julio Jones all day because while Tennessee is going to establish a run game that's going to make me tired, uh, they're also going to establish that he's just that much bigger and better than me. Just like how Russell Westbrook was that much bigger and better than the rest of your defense? Yeah, he totally – I'm having a lot of defensive problems tonight. Um. Uh, that's it. That's an interesting take, Rutledge. And you know, you must have never, you must have never been in been in a football practice with an NFL defensive end. No, uh, have you? Not, not at JJ Watt's level. But yeah. So at Wheaton, I played with a guy uh, who was a senior when I was a freshman, who ended up spending seven years in the league. He was more of like a three-four rush linebacker, uh, but you know, he played defensive end in college. And I watched him take three, you know, we were, there was freshmen, but it was kind of like, you know, we were the, we were the practice dummies at the time, but I watched him literally like manhandle three college football players at once in one drill that were all like trying. So with that, I would, if I had to guard Julio Jones, like Julio Jones would just like kind of hurt my pride a little bit as he sprinted, as he jogged past me as, and I was going at full sprint. Just like and James Harden jog past everyone all night tonight? Just like he has done that, that's for sure. J.J. Watt wouldn't just hurt my pride, but he would also like hurt my body. 
he would be that would just not be a very pleasant experience to have to block JJ Watt. So I'm gonna go with Julio Jones. I'd, I'd rather guard him on his slants. I will say that Daniel said I had a pretty hot take in what I was gonna, what I would do to block JJ Watt. So thanks, Daniel. All right, so you're going Julio Jones. I'm going JJ yes. Watt. Okay. Next one, Connor. We get out of this timeout. Who would you who would you rather play with? Tight end Tim Tebow or quarterback Tim Tebow? Okay, so before I answer that, is this in college or pro? Pro. Is this circa Florida Gator or circa Jacksonville Jaguar or circa Denver Broncos? Circa Mets Farm System Baseball. Okay, so like on the comeback trail. You know that only means I one. W- that only means one thing with Tim Tebow. I'm sorry. This is a family show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Um, I would rather. I would rather play actually with Tim Tebow, the quarterback. Uh, here's why. Uh, because he's doing tight end right now. He is his team. He's gonna always have the buzz no matter what around him. He's gonna always have those. Oh, is he gonna play quarterback? Why isn't he playing quarterback? You know. Is it true that Tim Tebow like literally saved a, a bus full of orphans that was careening down a hill just with his gentle smile and piercing blue eyes? Um, so I think that if you play with him at quarterback, like you just take some questions off the table. Like it does stabilize things a little bit, I think, emotionally for for a locker room. And if we're going Tim Tebow as the baseball player, so not as old. I think he still has enough juice left in the tank that you could surround him with good players to where he can he, he could be a, somewhat effective. Okay. I like that take. Yeah, we're just going to foul Russell Westberg at this point. Um I I'm actually going to go Tim Tebow tight end. And here's why. He's a little older, a little wiser. He's with Urban Meyer again. But you get I think you get all the good at least motivational Tebow, but you don't have to depend on him. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be trying to make that roster and Tebow not throw me an open look in practice and I can't show off my skills because he can't throw me the ball or he's too busy trying to run the play himself in the Wildcat or whatever the coach is doing to try to figure him out because of the fact that he can save a bus with his smile and his blue eyes. So I would go tight end Tim Tebow. I think he's I think he's a great dude, um, and I'm sure I'd enjoy at least hanging out with him, listen, you know, having some positivity on the practice field. But I don't want to have to rely on him to help me get mine. No doubt. And that was a James Harden travel. Do you see that he took like six steps? That's just the video game lagging. That so <laughs> that's what he says in up. real life. That's what he said. Next up, uh, Rutledge, would you rather have to be forced to start your number one overall pick or or be forced, no matter what, to make him sit for the first season? I am going to let him play. And I'm going to be forced to start him because if I have the number one overall pick, I'm probably in a mess. And I think he'll help me make it. So I'm going to start him. 
and hope that my coaching staff has got it good enough to where he will be good at starting. You know, that's an interesting take. I'd rather sit my starter for the first season. It was good enough. If it was good enough for Patrick Mahomes, it'd be good enough for another number one pick. All right. And that's just about going to do it on our lightning fast show. Rutledge, how are you feeling? I feel like I just lost 60 to 38. That's how I'm feeling. It's really, it's really how I feel. Well, thanks to all of our fans for watching. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming out. This is a fun show. This is our short show of the summer. Uh, Thanks to Daniel Mogg for coming back out. Let's do one more. Would you rather for fun to end it? Connor, would you rather travel east and go west or would you travel west and go east? Yes. So this is uh, the, would you rather travel? uh, Would you rather travel east, be an east coast team that has to travel west to play a Monday night game or be a west coast NFL team that's travel east to play an early Sunday game? So in essence, would your body clock rather be 9 a.m. for a kickoff or 12 o'clock a.m. for a kickoff. And I would much rather play early than late, as all of our fans know, because of how Rutledge makes fun of me. I'm an early-to-bed, early-to-rise kind of guy, so by 9 a.m. I could I can get into a pretty good lather and be ready to play a game. I would rather be traveling west. I have seen my Seattle Seahawks have to travel too far and watch it not work out for them. So I would rather be an East Coast team and travel west to play on Monday Night Football. Get it in there a little earlier. All right. Um, But as that goes, we have only one pick. We are only just doing our NASCAR pick for this week. It is the Nashville Ally 400. So I'm going to say my poll winner this week is going to be the Red Hot Superstar running out of fantasy starts on my fantasy NASCAR team, Kyle Larson. Ooh, I think he's running out of fantasy starts for a lot of teams. Uh, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to a good, reliable guy for me. He's been good and reliable, and that's Chase Elliott. Oh, he is. He's a solid guy. Kyle Larson's having a monster year too, though. So we'll see. All right. Well, Connor, anything before we sign off for the night? You know, Rutledge, I would always appreciate. I always, we always appreciate everybody. We thank every, all the fans and all of our listeners and all of our subscribers on our show, on our promo the other day. Just want to say thanks again for supporting us. We're excited to dive into baseball. We're excited to uh, cover a variety of stories throughout the summer. And we're excited to have you with us on this journey. We are really excited about it. And thank you for your support. I'm excited to share right now. It is Bucks 12, Nets 4, 6 minutes and 42 seconds in the, left in the first quarter. Yeah, that that's not going to be good. That That's is not, not going to be good. Kevin Durant has four points, and the Nets have four points. Yep, that's uh, that that checks out. Well, with that, I want to go watch this basketball game, so we're going to sign off of that. So I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. Have a great night. <laughs>